podcast. I guess today I'm hosting it. Calvin decided that he's going to be do some color for you guys. But uh, I guess yeah, I'm, no, actually, I left. I'm not here today. Yeah, Calvin. Calvin decided that he wasn't going to come, so uh, I'm just going to host it. Pretend like pretend pretend he's not normally here. I'll be your host today. And so uh, we'll get going. We'll start with some big questions, and then we'll eventually move into some starter sits and then booms or busts. This week, where I, we actually, I don't know if you guys saw, but we have started releasing two episodes a week. So on uh, Mondays, we will be starting with Waiver Wire. We'll give you, be giving you a kind of a rundown of the previous week, and we'll basically all that. And then today, we will be giving you guys uh, more of our normal show, but with Waiver Wire taken out, taken out as we did that on Monday. And uh, We'll get rid of some of the, or well, I think we, yeah, we extended the big questions a little bit, so we will be giving you guys five questions of that. But uh, I think that's about it for the news. I guess. Oh, I just realized, Calvin, I'll get to roll the credits later today. Oh, yeah, you get to roll the credits too. And by the way, uh, we record just to clarify, we recorded our waiver show on uh Monday, mm-hmm. but it drops on Tuesday. So oh yeah, yeah, just to clear, and then this drops on Thursday, but we record on Wednesday. But yeah, you get to do the credits later. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've fun, only got you get to play the theme song. Wait, what do you mean you get to play the theme song? You see how much easier my role is. I just have to. I get to. I get to. Act, you have to actually say the credits. I just have to like do the music part. You know. I can't wait. Do you have to say the credits? Yeah, <laughs> this could be. It's fun. gonna be a struggle. Calvin's gonna have to remind me a lot. Calvin has thirty-seven episodes. Oh, by the way, I was reading earlier today about how link shorteners can be like masked for like people who are trying to steal stuff from your computer or whatever. So. Just so you know, it's no longer tinyurl.com slash sgfpod. You know what it is, don't you? The website? Yes, I start to google.com slash views slash second and goal fantasy. <laughs> yes, perfect. And then, yeah, like Chris said, we have five big questions instead of three today with starter sit and booms and busts because this is going to be a little bit of a shorter show. So, Chris, why don't mm-hmm. you lead us into the drop? Yeah, okay. Let's get into some big questions and start the day off. Good. Big questions. Oh, wait. I guess that's where I'm supposed to go. Welcome to Big Questions, <laughs> you everybody. Didn't, you didn't know where to end off the sentence. You're like, let's get into some big questions and start the day off good. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But that was good, though. You did a nice yeah, job yeah. entering I'm, I'm, us. I'm working through it, guys. Okay, number one question. Will Christian Kirk's hot streak continue? What do you guys? What do you think, uh, Mr. Color Commentatist? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> He scored five touchdowns in the last three games, Christian mm-hmm. Kirk. And while his target share hasn't been completely consistent, he has had eight targets in each of the last two games. So uh, obviously it's not going to continue like this. And DeAndre Hopkins was not really involved last week. And in the other week where Christian Kirk did well, they the Cardinals were in a 37-34 game. So an overtime game. So that's not going to continue. Christian Kirk, I don't think he, I think his target share is going to go down. Although he definitely should be rostered. He's such a good deep threat that um, he's worth like, He's a good like type dis- type of like Deshaun Jackson or Will Fuller play, like a boomer bust play. I guess mm-hmm. um, to start maybe as your flex some weeks. But I mean, I think I like his fantasy value. He should be rostered in leagues, but I don't think this is going to continue because I mean his touchdowns are going to have to go down. Like his full season touchdown pace right now is like twenty seven, I believe. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean I don't yeah, think it's going to continue. Gonna like that. I mean that's definitely not going to continue. You're not going to see five touchdowns over the next three games. That's just not going to happen. But he is definitely worth a pickup. Somehow he managed to find the waiver wire in our league. And he actually made it past waiver claims too. And he was available to just be added. I was just like, sure. I mean, I happened to, through some trading and stuff with actually with Calvin, I ended up with eight running backs. So uh, I was 
I got rid of uh can't even remember who I got rid of. I got rid of some running back. I think I might have gotten rid of Joshua Kelly for <laughs> who you for, offered to me in every single trade that you ever sent. Yeah. If you guys didn't know, I don't really I like Joshua Kelly a lot and now I don't like him a lot. So uh that's kind of where I stand with Joshua Kelly. I was so willing he- to drop him for Christian Kirk. I'm definitely happy with that. Because right now, teams seem to be leaning their safeties over to DeAndre Hopkins. They're putting their best corner on DeAndre Hopkins, as they should. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's allowing other guys to get open. Kyler Murray has rushing ability. He's able to basically force teams to have to crowd the box. And then when they do put safeties back, they're going over to DeAndre Hopkins. They have to leave one option open. And right now, that's Christian. And that's really his main value right now. I don't think this hot streak of five touchdowns is going to continue just because it seems it's not – it's not really possible. I mean, of course, it, like, I mean, it's just not going to happen. Don't be banking on it. You shouldn't be banking on a touchdown every week. But honestly, I'd say I'd give it over a 50% chance that he scores a touchdown. So it's maybe worth a start. I mean, I am in a bit of a sticky situation this week because I have McCaffrey out. I've been thinking about starting Kirk at flex just because I think that he would be a nice piece over the last, I think, five games. I don't think he's had less than 10 points. And that's really solid and that that's a manageable number for me just to get by with McCaffrey out I don't need I don't need someone like Melvin Gordon who's been struggling lately in my flex spot all of a sudden busting I really need Christine Kirk to maybe score a touchdown that's what I'm thinking about right now but I mean the hot streak's not going to continue but it definitely is promising for his prospects going forward yeah I mean you said before the show the analyst role is easy and yes it really is just sit here and listen to you. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's I like doing it this way. It's a nice little switch up. Yeah. Okay. Then second question is, can Zeke bounce back? He's been a pretty interesting player. If he can, Calvin, you, how much is this going to happen? I'm going to, I'm not actually quite sure. I don't think it's going to be the bounce back that some owners might be expecting, but uh, I think it'll be a little bit inevitably. I mean, he's a great running back. Yeah, I mean, Zeke, I think, hasn't he scored eight or less in the last four games? Something like that. And mm-hmm. I think that's about right. And the Cowboys have only scored like one or two touchdowns in that span. And he hasn't scored a touchdown. So just because this Cowboys offense isn't the same without Dak Prescott, they're not going to be getting as many touchdowns, which I don't, I, I definitely know right now that Zeke for this season is not going to be bouncing back to his top five mm-hmm. status. Yeah, definitely. That's not happening because of the touchdowns. Can he bounce back to be an RB1, though? Maybe. I mean, if this offense finally starts functioning. I mean, Garrett Gilbert, who is, <laughs> was, like, been in the league for a while and didn't start a game until last week, looked really good against an undefeated team. So, Funny. I don't think he's going to start, though, because Andy Dalton's coming back. But if this Cowboys offense can at least perform like they did there, Zeke will at least have some fantasy value. I have him, I guess, as a high-end to mid-tier RB2. It's so hard to judge. I had him as a buy low a few weeks ago, but right now I'm just avoiding him. I don't really know. I really don't know what to do. It's yeah, kind of really stinks. with players like this, I think some people get caught into the trap saying, oh, he's bound to bounce back. Like, I mean, he's going to bounce back. I agree with you there, but I think people are expecting a little bit too much. Right now, honestly, I think his value is actually okay because I think most of his owners are going to be a bit optimistic that he returns at least somewhat. So I'm not really looking to trade for him. It's just too much of a risk, especially if, as you head into playoffs. I mean, if you have a solid enough record right now and you think you're going to be able to – or no, I'd say if you have a really good record right now, then maybe you consider buying him a little bit low because I think that you could probably bounce back as that whole situation kind of settles a little bit in uh, Dallas. But right now, if you're on the bubble, he's not the player you want because you can't trust him. And then 
it's hard to keep him out of your lineup. I mean, to be honest, because every single week you're expecting, you're thinking, hey, maybe this will be the week where he gets 15, 20 points, but it just doesn't really seem like it. If he's putting up six points every single week, that's the difference between a win and a loss. So I don't think it's worth it to really go after him right now. Just way too much risk that you're acquiring. Yeah, when you say, like, I keep putting him in every week hoping for production, that reminds me of Alvin Kamara on your team last year when he was not scoring touchdowns. Oh, my touchdowns. goodness. It was so bad. I, but I hey! mean, I, I'm glad ahead. to find out that uh, it turns out he actually was struggling with an injury pretty much most of the year. So uh, this year, that's why I ranked him so low because I didn't really realize about that injury and what it had done to him. I just thought he wasn't that great because last year, if you look <laughs> at his numbers, they were not strong at all. So I decided – Hey, I'm going to be the smart guy. Everyone's putting Alvin Kamara at number four. I'm going to put him around eight. You know? I'm going to put him behind Kenyon Drake at number seven. Yeah. <laughs> and then guess what? That was so bad. Really, that That's my worst pick. Like two times the fantasy points that that injury was preventing him from. I was just like, I mean, there were time. There was one week I started Latavius Murray over him. And then he just scored two crazy. touchdowns that week. No, but I mean, the Kamara situation is sort of like the Zeke situation. Although it's just Kamara wasn't getting a ton of touches. But then again, Tony Pollard is swiping some from Zeke, although he's still getting a huge workload. But like Kamara's like, late season bounce back in like the final two weeks showed that, I mean, Zeke could end up doing that too. That's a, certainly a possibility, but I don't think, I mean... I don't think he can bounce back the way Kamara did. He's not going to bounce back back to top five status, but it showed that he can at least bounce back somewhat. I mean, there's precedent for a th- kind of thing like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then question three is, what is Lamar Jackson's fantasy value going forward? He's been, I mean, compared to what fine. he was ranked at two years <laughs> ago, basically unranked. I mean, I can't even remember who was the starter then. He's doing a lot better right now, but uh, at the end of the last year, everyone pretty much had him as the number one quarterback. Now he's dropped to around that kind of back-end QB1, I'd say, in my Whoa. opinion. I do think that's going to rise as that team gets close to the playoffs. Uh, Lamar Jackson, actually, interestingly enough, said that teams knew what his play calls were. They were calling out their offensive plays on defense, so it's interesting. There's a lot of moving parts here. It seems like just that bit of news about what Lamar had said makes me a little bit intrigued that maybe there could be a few problems going on with that team in the locker room and in that chemistry because they seem to almost be blaming it on other things right now yeah it's so interesting I mean I'm looking for oh my gosh I'm realizing how low Lamar Jackson is in quarterbacks in points per game he is so low like I'm trying to count it out now 13 14 QB 15 tied for QB 14 actually in points per game I mean that includes Jake Lutton who's played one game but like you get the idea He's uh in points per game in like total points. He's QB fourteen mm-hmm. as well. So that's yeah. that's just insane to me. He's point one behind Carson Wentz. But I think I think he's gonna bounce back. I feel like while he's been inconsistent over the past couple of weeks, he's played Pittsburgh, and I mean I guess he played Indianapolis, who's sort of a middle of the pack defense against the pass. But they're good against the run, which is uh what he what's his where his, a lot of his fantasy value comes from. But, I mean, the reason I like Lamar Jackson as a buy low is his fantasy playoff schedule. Cowboys, Browns, Jaguars. <laughs> that looks so good. Lamar yeah. should tear them up. He can still tear up bad defenses. He's proven he can do it. And he should rise to probably a mid-tier to elite QB1 during that time, which is why I think he's a good buy low. If you have a good chance to play off, like, I mean, Lamar won't, will be fine for you as a starter. Like, he's still a starting QB. But... Like, if you don't need, like, him to be a star right now, you might want to buy him low 
or you could wait and if you're betting on him to continue this production, then buy him low right before the your trade trade deadline, which I think is usually before. I guess it's before about week twelve, right? Like mm-hmm. the weekend before, it's something like that. But yeah, I mean. His fantasy playoff schedule says it all. He should tear it up against Dallas. Cleveland's got a really bad pass defense. I mean, I guess their run defense isn't too bad, but it's all right. And then Jacksonville should be a nice matchup too. So I like him as a buy low. It's, it's so weird that Lamar, after his value skyrocketed, was a buy low. But hey, Chris, we had Lamar lower than almost anybody. Or in quarterbacks in general. Mm-mm, no, we didn't. Well, I did. Wait, where do you? Where did you have Lamar? Let's go we see. Have, we had him at number one. A lot of people had him behind Patrick. Or, or I meant overall. Oops. No, in overall, I had him as like 36, 37. I took off my overall rankings just before the season started. But I'm as a late third, early fourth, which I talked about on the podcast. I was just saying mm-hmm. overall. Yeah, I had him around there. I mean, that's still way too early. I think a lot of people were wrong with him. They expected – I mean, the rushing ability, like, teams kind of almost seem to have figured him out a little bit. Like, last year, I think teams were sort of shell-shocked by – what he was yeah. doing on the ground and how he was still able to maintain that solid accuracy and hit his guys. But this year it just hasn't been there. I mean, it's not like the, I mean, the offense has been a little bit slower because he plays such a big role in the offense, but it seems like he's just not there. He's just, he just doesn't seem as explosive. No, yeah. So. Well, I mean, I think it's, I think he's still just as explosive. It's just that you're right. Defenses has, have figured him out. And, um, but I mean, again, he's a good buy low and like, it's, it's so interesting. This is a mm-hmm. prime lesson. We're not saying, obviously we didn't predict that Lamar Jackson was going to be like this, but it's a prime lesson. Like when quarterbacks, quarterbacks have that good well. of a season, they're due for regression and you don't need to draft a quarterback early mm-hmm. guys like Kyler, Justin Herbert, Justin right Herbert. Now. Exactly. Uh, I'm just going to look in my rankings. I'm, there's so many Ryan Tannehill was a guy who was going later, who people knew about. He's still been just so, so solid this year. Joe Burrow, a guy who I was really high on, had him as QB 14. Matthew Stafford has worked out. Aaron Rodgers unbelievably has worked out. Cam Newton has worked out. I had him as QB 21. That was about the consensus. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I guess he's worked out somewhat. Um, Tom Brady, I guess not really Tom Brady, but like even Kyler Murray, guys who are going in about round five, he's worked out. Russell Wilson, guy in round about round six or round seven, he's worked out. Dak Prescott worked out until he got injured. And I mean, it's like you saw this year, it was Lamar who regressed. Last year it was Mahomes and Mahomes came back to do really well this year. But I mean, the point is there's just so many guys you can find in the late rounds that it's okay, you really- it's just the Madden curse. Lamar's struggling because of the Madden curse. <laughs> oh, the Madden curse. It all comes back to the Madden curse. But my quarterbacks right now are Joe Burrow and Cam Newton. Uh, Newton, I drafted. Burrow, I actually traded for for cheap and then traded for for his normal price afterwards because I did a lot of trading. But Newton, I drafted in like the 14th round. And he turned out so well. First two games I started him had 25 and 34. And I would, thought he was the next Lamar. And he's, as an, over the last couple games, he's been doing pretty well. But like, not Lamar 2019 level, but you know, like, I mean, he's the, the point is that there's a lot of quarterbacks that you can find in the late rounds. Mm-hmm. Very true. And then how about, what should we make of the chiefs backfield? That's the next question. Calvin, it was really interesting. We saw people get like Daryl Williams getting work. We saw Clyde Edwards O'Leary and Le'Veon Bell just seemed to sort of diminish in that role. I thought this was the game where we saw him step up. Calvin, you were shopping him right away after you saw this whole how this whole thing played out. You actually traded him to me, and I think I got a pretty good deal there because I was willing to buy. I bought really low on Le'Veon Bell because I think you were really low on him. I just wanted, yeah, I just wanted receivers, but I think 
I mean, Daryl Williams didn't really get much work last game, but for a while, for a couple of games, Bell and CEH were about getting the same touches, and then CEH just outplayed him last game. But these guys have been playing so badly in the Chiefs' backfield. I don't think mm-hmm. either of them. I don't know. They're not a consistent week-to-week starter. They played the yeah. Jets and still didn't really do anything, either of them. CEH did well last week because he scored a touchdown. I don't know if they're – Bell's definitely not a starter for me. CEH maybe depending on the matchup. I think CEH if you is, think he's a, is gonna a, score a touchdown. He's I think touchdown CEH match. is an RB2. He's so touchdown dependent. I don't even know if I'd put him there. Yeah. It's it's so that backfield got really bad really fast. I thought Bell would take over, and yeah, I was wrong about that. I can admit mm-hmm. being I wrong. I still have about one of those nice quotes from a member of our fantasy football league when uh after I basically hypothetically I wouldn't have done this just so you guys know, I was very high. I asked him if he would if he would do Aaron Jones for Clyde Edwards and he laughed hysterically. Oh, that <laughs> one looks good now. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we, we wrote down quotes, so Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of them, but yeah, I mean the guys here, I'll just say I was right about a lot of guys this year and I'm really angry that Juju has <laughs> been playing. I, Juju's been playing well for the last three games and I don't really have a reason why. So we'll have to wait and see what happens, but three guys, three, the, this was the biggest thing. Kenyon Drake ahead of Alvin Kamara. Ooh, that really worked out badly. That was just like a bad ranking. It was bold, but bad. Then Adam Thielen at wide receiver 20. And then, oh, wait, who are we? Wait, hold on. I guess the Le'Veon Bell pick was sort of midseason, but like Le'Veon Bell taking over that backfield. I said that he'd have more carries than CEH by the end of the season. That doesn't look like it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I picked Carson Wentz as QB9 and uh, Aaron Rodgers. I was off Aaron Rodgers at QB15, but then again, everyone was. So I guess I'll say Carson Wentz, QB9, the Bell pick, the Drake pick, and the Thielen pick. Those were the mm-hmm. worst. Yeah. Okay. How about? But I did Michael have Tyler Thomas Boyd at wide receiver nineteen. That's the next question. Where Michael Thomas should be valued? This should be a much simpler one to digest, just because we're not dealing with we're not dealing with the Chiefs back for the next which seems crazy. But uh, Michael Thomas, he's still a pretty interesting player because he didn't really do that well in his first game. To the surprise of many, I think that this is going to grow. Drew Brees loves to throw to him. I think he had over a thirty percent target share last year. He's just he's going to. He's going to start doing really well. I value him as a clear-cut top five receiver right now. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was a little worried about Michael Thomas, but I think I see what you're saying. In the two games that he played, the one that he left hurt, he had three receptions for 36 yards, but he left in the fourth quarter. Then he had five for 51 last week, where the Saints, I think, actually completed a pass to – or was it the Saints? I think it was the Saints who completed a pass to 12 different receivers in that game. We saw Adam Troutman getting involved, Marquez Callaway getting involved. Drew Brees was just happy to have all of his guys, so he just dished it off to all of them. But, I mean, I like Michael Thomas as a buy low. He's definitely a clear-cut wide receiver one. I wouldn't say clear-cut top five right now because there's just so many good players, but it's clear-cut wide receiver one and probably a solid buy low. And then maybe if you're will. I don't know if I would wait another week. I don't know if his price will drop low. But, I mean, Thomas owners, they drafted him in the first round, and they value him as top three. So, I mean, then again, maybe he's not a good buy low. But if you find someone who's getting worried about Thomas's production, then maybe try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right. How about uh, – oh, wait. I guess that's our last question. Ready to move into starter sit, Calvin? No, I'm not ready. Calvin, are you gonna see host problems? What if the segment? co-host doesn't cooperate? What do you do now? Calvin, are you gonna are you gonna start or sit our next segment? What? That's oh my god! Oh, what a segue! I'm the best oh. host ever. We're gonna start it. Let's go. 
starter sit. I stayed quiet for the drop, by the way, which you yeah, haven't been known. I wasn't saying dry, quiet, but uh, let's get you, you haven't been known sit, to do that. <laughs> Just saying. The first is Drew Brees. He's facing a San Francisco team that we know is depleted over, I think, 60 or $80 million in cap spaces sitting on uh, injured reserve, I think. So <laughs> that's not too good for them. Drew Brees, I think he's going to have a field day here. I'm starting him. Well, yeah, I'm starting it, but it's not. I mean, San Francisco's ru- pass rush, it's very good. It's, the run defense is very good. Their pass defense, I mean, it's been mediocre. So I, I'm starting Drew Brees just because he's had consistent I mean, production. Then, and then he gets Michael Thomas back. He's, he's actually a definite star. I think this might be the easiest question we've had um, or we have in this starter segment. Maybe our second one is a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Curtis Samuel, what do you think of him? I think he's still a pretty – I think he's definitely a start for me just because of how well he's been playing. He's been getting some work on the ground, and uh, I think if McCaffrey was back for another game, I'd be saying sit just because I think McCaffrey would kind of take away from Curtis Samuel's role. But now with Mike Davison, I think they're going to look to hand it off to Curtis Samuel a few more times. He's in a nice little running back receiving sort of combo player. He's really dynamic. He's able to make good cuts, and he's able to find the green grass and get open, and he's making plays right now. I think he's a start for me. Yeah, this reminds me of like when Paris Campbell and Matt, my Madden franchise is listed as a running back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was very confused. I don't know if he used to be a running back or not, but I like him as a start. He did get touches with McCaffrey in the game, and now McCaffrey's out. But like Curtis Samuel had like nine targets last game. The main worry for him, he was getting a lot of touchdowns, and you can't really expect that to continue. But he's gotten a solid three or four carries a game, and then he got a huge target share last week. So he's probably a flex option for me this week. Not the mm-hmm. it, it's a this is a little bit of a tougher question, but I do like him as a start. Mm-hmm. How about uh, our third guy, Dallas Goddard? He's facing the Giants, who are ninth against tight ends. Are you starting or sitting him, Galvin? I'm sitting him. I mean, this is his first week back, right? Yeah, yeah, it is, I guess. And that's because Jalen Rager. Uh, well, I mean, I guess he hasn't played that much, but he's shown a good rapport with Carson Wentz. And the other the other guy, <laughs> Travis Fulgham. I lost him the for a second. Guy. It, he's been the clear-cut wide receiver one for that offense. And when Goddard, even when Goddard was playing, I guess he went out before Ertz did, but like he wasn't really doing – wait, was he? I don't think he was doing all that well, did, was he? I know Ertz wasn't. But like Goddard was, was just, doing incredible. Nobody er, – Because remember, Calvin, we were talking about how like how good that prediction was by me. That oh, that Dallas really- Z- Z- Goddard would take over? Oh, yeah. Wait, let me see. Was he doing incredible like Chris? I mean, maybe not. No, he wasn't. After his eight reception for 101, he had four for 30, one for seven, and then one for 15. Oh, no. So he did play a game before the bye. So, yeah, I'm sitting him because he's only had one good game this year. And, like, it's worrisome that even when when Ertz um, didn't play, he still didn't get that much production. I just don't think he's got that big of a role in the offense. Oh, that, other Calvin, that one in. game he played uh, before the bye was he basically didn't play at all. Like he didn't. He, oh, I see. Okay. So I guess he was still banged ooh, up. It's so easy to be a top 12 tight end. You know what? I'm going to go. If you're desperate. Oh, I don't want to say an, if you're desperate, if you're desperate, I would start him as like, if you want a bold pick, but if you've got a better option, but like, let's say you don't have a better option. Let's say, is this asking, will Dallas Goddard be a top 12 tight end this week? Yes. Oh, my God. I'm going to say yes. That's a bold pick. I don't know. Travis Fulgham. I think this is his week with Jim Zach Ertz out. Now he's going to get a, the, the clear one. Well, Zach Ertz was out, but then Fulgham wasn't involved, and Rager was hurt. 
and Goddard still had that one reception game in week three. I'm going to say he's a sit. Just barely, though. Just barely. It's so close. Sounds good. He's a bold play. A nice, bold play. I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. Adam Thielen. Adam oh, Thielen. He's facing the Bears, <laughs> who are third against wide receivers. He's really been cold. It seems like the Vikings have transitioned to a very run-heavy offense with Dalvin Cook. I don't see why they're going to stop giving him the ball here. I'm going to sit Adam Thielen. This may come as a surprise to some of you, but I do not like him this week. I feel like he's in, a, in line for another one of those six-point games. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing for me. Yeah, he's had three receptions each of the past two games, but Dalvin Cook's workload has been ridiculous, and I don't expect that to continue. The Bears are third against wide receivers, but I'm still starting him. He's a flex play for me just because – Again, the when Dalvin Cook hasn't been getting an insane workload, Adam Thielen has been playing like a wide receiver, borderline wide receiver one, where you had him and I did not. I'm now lobbying for Adam Thielen after I was wrong about him. So, I mean, against the Bears, who I guess they also have a good run defense too. I mean, Dalvin Cook won't be shut down, but he's not running for 206 yards again. That's not happening. Regression to the mean. He's it's a start for me. Okay, fair enough. How about uh, our <laughs> final guy, which is Ad- Antonio Brown? And this is really interesting. I was really surprised to see kind of – I was hoping to see something really good come out of him. And honestly, you can't be too disappointed. I feel like it was really more of a function of that game script. We talked about this little in the waiver show, but uh, I think that it was actually promising to see what he did because it was really that Bucks offense that faltered, but I didn't feel like Antonio Brown was too bad. He still managed, I think, three catches. So that's pretty solid for his first game back, especially after that long suspension that he's – that Bruce Arians – or, or not uh, Bruce Arians. Or wait, why am I blanking? Tampa Bay coaches Bruce Arians, right? Yeah. Yeah, wait, okay. No. That was a weird blank. Wait, moment, yeah, no, but, Cliff uh, Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury's the car. – they're both red. Yeah, I was like, is it Cliff I know. Kingsbury? No, it's Bruce Arians. Yes. And I was – and Andy Reid. Those are like the three, like <laughs> – I for some reason I always get them confused just because they all are red and run air raid offenses, you know? Yeah. But uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see what he does. I'm going to sit him, though, this week. It's just a little bit too risky for me. And I don't trust because we haven't had a big enough sample size. I think that Mike Evans is too talented to leave out of the offense. And though I think he's not going to have a great game, I think he'll still do something, and at least enough to take away from uh, from Antonio Brown. And I think Antonio Brown is going to draw a little bit more double coverage than maybe some people think. I don't think teams are going to be willing to – that's what I'm saying. Antonio Brown's a risky player. Either I think he's going to do really bad or really well. And I feel like defenses aren't going to be willing to take that risk, too. They're going to put someone solid on him. They're not going to leave him as a wide receiver, as your any old wide receiver three. Maybe he'll technically be that in the what about Mike Evans? chart. Mike That's Evans not going to happen Scott. for opposing defenses. They're going to want to make sure he's good. I don't think you can double anyone in the box because someone else will just burn you. They have the best wide receiver core in the league. Antonio Brown, I think, should face a near full share of snaps, maybe at three three quarters, maybe more. Bruce Arians said 10 to 35 or 10 or he may play 10, he may play 35, and he played 39. I think that proves he's progressed very fast, even against yeah. a solid Carolina pass defense. He should do well. And here's the thing. He got three receptions for 36 yards on 39 snaps in a game where – this is according to CBS. The Bucks ran the for the ran the fewest times, had the fewest rushing attempts in NFL history in a game. They had five rushing attempts. Ronald Jones. This was again all on the CBS article. Three carries for nine yards. Leonard Fournette one carry for zero yards, and then Blaine Gabbert one carry for negative one yards on a kneel down. This was written by John Breach of CBS. I want to give them him all the credit because this is a nice tidbit. I knew they hadn't ran it that much, but 
Five times. That was the solo record. No other team has had less than six in NFL history. Six rushing attempts. And Antonio Brown still put up a nice stat line. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I think I'm going to come back and say he's a flex play. Just because I think that <laughs> it's worth the risk if he does really well. And they're facing Carolina this time. Carolina gave up 33 points to the Chiefs last week. And Tyreek Hill absolutely tore it up. There were, they were able to get a lot of different people involved. And right now, it's really the really the only bright spot of that Carolina defense is, I mean, their secondary has been okay, but the bright spot is their pass rush. But Patrick Mahomes is too good at escaping the pocket and make and making or not Patrick Mahomes or Tom. <laughs> no, the Carolina pass defense is good. Not, been no, like top not, 10 not Tom Brady. Against Patrick wide Mahomes is good at breaking out of the pocket. Don't get me wrong about that, but Tom Brady is good at making sure he gets the ball out quick. He's not going to struggle with pass rush. He's too experienced to get get. I mean, they're not going to get enough pressure on him with a rookie defensive line. Brady's just too smart. He knows how to play. He's not going to get worried by any Antonio of Brown And now he's going to be looking downfield. He routes. wants to get Antonio Brown involved. He's talked about it a lot. I think he's a flex play with a high upside, but a lot of risk. All right. Uh, so, actually, wait, before we move on to boobs and busts, Chris, do you, would you want to make a credits drop? Uh, I have no idea. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I could make one like after the episode. We could actually insert it if you want. Let's let's do it next week. Let's think about it. I think we could a- we should actually make like a really cool credits drop. We should make like a stupid sounding credits drop. <laughs> <laughs> no, with the with the deep voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's get into uh booms and busts. Booms and busts. Okay, stayed... guys. Oh. Welcome into Booms and Busts. Calvin, you are going to be giving me two booms, and you are going to be giving me two busts. I'll be doing the same. Uh, Calvin, <laughs> who's your first? Um, my, my first boom candidate is one I actually had last week. Allen Robinson versus the Titans, who scored 11.6, but he didn't score a touchdown. So for not scoring a touchdown, 11.6 and half PPR ain't all that bad he's now facing the vikings who are actually even worse against for and then the titans against fantasy wide receivers i like his chances of booming this week and then jarvis landry facing the texans and only his i think second game full game or i guess third full game because obj got hurt like at the very start of that game third full game since obj has been out i believe and um the Texans also bad against the pass. Jarvis Landry got 11 targets in his last game. Yes, Austin Hooper was out, but I think, um, and yes, Nick Chubb's returning this week, but his target share should stay maybe around six or seven, and he hasn't gotten to the end zone all year. I think that should change. So, um, I mean, the only reason it wouldn't is because of their run-heavy offense. But, I mean, I like his potential. It's not the greatest boom ever, now that I think about it, but it's a good matchup, and he's the wide receiver one. Besides Austin Hooper. So it's not like he's going to totally boom, but he's going to have a very good game, I think. It's a bold mm-hmm. prediction. Yeah, Jarvis Landry is an interesting take. I wouldn't necessarily list him as a bust, but uh, I do like the you pick. Mean a, I mean, a boom. I think he's going to do solid. I'm a little bit disappointed that I had to trade him away, but I'm happy in, with what I got in return from you, Calvin. So uh, that's a good thing. My first is Aaron Jones, and this is just a incredible matchup. He hasn't been too strong in the last two games, only garnering 21 points over that two-game span. But he's been incredibly consistent, and in the one game, he's had a huge role, and he's gotten a lot of opportunity. He's done, he did great, scoring 43 points. He's in line. I think this is the game where he goes for 25-plus. He's really on that kind of 25-plus list for me, and I think that when we uh, do the waiver show, when we normally talk about some of the biggest players, I think he's the one that we'll be talking about. And then my other is Kareem Hunt, and 
I mean, I love the matchup against the Houston Texans. I think this is going to be a very high-scoring one. The Browns team has been actually quite solid, and though the Houston run defense is pretty good, they're just going to want to pound the ball. And maybe having Jarvis Landry in that number one role, especially if he starts to do well, like you think he will, Kevin, that's going to open up the run game just a little bit more. So maybe Kareem Hunt can catch some screen passes and uh, and maybe they'll be the safety will be drifting over towards Jarvis Landry. You know, I feel, feel like there are just some little things that are going to produce a big game out of Kareem Hunt. And I definitely think he's going to get in the in the end zone. I'm guessing it's going to be in a long one, too. I think he has definitely the potential for maybe even like a, a 30, 40 yard touchdown this week. Yeah, in I the think if, if, if Chubb comes back this week, I mean, people, his expectations might go even lower. So I actually like the pick. And I think. Um, by the way, for it, in case it wasn't clear, the waiver show on Monday is not just waivers. It also has week nine reactions. It sounded like oh, for yeah. a second that you said Aaron Jones will be talking about him because he'll be on the waiver wire. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, Chris, well, let's go to, or I guess you can. Don't drop Aaron Jones, guys. Please do not drop Aaron Jones. No, no, wait. If you're in our league. Oh, wait. I... Yeah, you have Aaron Jones. Please drop Aaron yeah, Jones. Yeah, I have Aaron Jones. Drop him. Drop him. Wow, that was just a lot. Radio silence from the host. <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I keep there's some little moments where I just like kind of forget that I'm hosting the show, and then I just expect you to say something. Uh, Calvin, who's your first bust? Mike Evans versus the Panthers. Like he that. actually was okay last week. The week before, without Brown and Godwin, he was decent. He's now facing his good Panthers pasty. He's gonna be written out of the offense. He got lucky last week because the Buccaneers only ran the ball five times, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Mike Evans is a huge bust. So high, so high, quick, quick, quick. Yeah, get rid of him right now. I'm definitely with Calvin. I Drop am him. selling Mike Evans like I've never sold a fantasy no, player. Do before. do what Adam Gase did with Avion Bell. Try to sell him and if you can't get anything, drop him. Well don't drop <laughs> him, but you know. Yeah. Anyway. Also, second, Kenny Galladay versus Washington. He may not play, but Washington has been the best defense against fantasy wide receivers this season. And they faced, I mean, they've faced some good ones. They have faced, uh, I guess they faced Amari Cooper. They faced um, Cooper Cup against the Rams. They faced, uh, didn't, I think when they faced the Cardinals, it had DeAndre Hopkins. So it's like, had a, had a lot of good players in, that they faced and... Kenny Galladay, I think Washington can shut him down. It's they've it's surprising, but I mean they have been really good against the pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I really, mean, really good. Actually, they've been great. Yeah, they're first against fantasy wide receivers. Really? Yeah. This surprises me. Exactly. Don't see. This is why they're. But people don't realize this. But this mm-hmm. is why he's a bust. Yeah, I mean, I've never really liked Kenny Dalladay. He really hasn't produced like a lot of people expected him. I mean, he hasn't had a big game. The touchdowns, he's got a few, but they just haven't. The production hasn't been there like a lot of people were expecting. I I actually really well, like. No, it has. I, I think it's I'm just totally that... on board with both of your bus picks, Cap, picks, Calvin. Wait, what'd you say? I'm totally on board with your bus pick. Um. Okay, sounds good. Your bus picks are both Bengals, <laughs> who I both were. It was really, really high on this year. Mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd and Joe Burrow kind of had to put these two in as, as a combo. They're both facing both facing the Steelers. I think they're both going to bust really bad. This one has a bad game written all over it for the Bengals. <laughs> uh, I'm really worried about this game. I'm I'm sitting – I mean, Tyler Boyd, I can, you can flex him. Go ahead. I'm sitting Joe Burrow for sure. 
Stop. I know you. I know you know I'm starting him. Sweetie. You are. Yes. Calvin, please take Joe Burrow out. He's gonna struggle. Calvin. Or Cam against the. Calvin, uh, it's a rookie quarterback with that Steelers front seven. Ravens. He just he hasn't played against a team like this. He doesn't. Cam's playing the Ravens. He'll get zero point three six. Calvin. <laughs> Calvin. He has never played a front seven like this. He's a rookie quarterback. It doesn't matter how good Joe Burrow. Um, is. I'm never pretty sure the Bengals have already played the Steelers this year. Okay, but like. They were just getting better and better. This team He's is- never played a front seven like this. Watch Joe Burrow have had like a really good score against them. I'm actually looking at this. What did Joe Burrow have against the Eagles? I'm going to laugh so hard if it was good. Or I Eagles. mean, the, 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 you know what I mean, the, the Steelers. Or wait, first of all, um, he actually did not play the Steelers yet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, back to my Well, he's faced the Indy front seven. He scored 16.72 against the Colts. 4.32 against Baltimore. Oh, wait. This is actually a really good case. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, he hasn't played do not start Joe Burrow. He's going to be, he's going to have so much pressure on him. He's a rookie quarterback. He's going to crumble under the pressure. And I don't, it's not that I don't like Tyler Boyd for some weird reason this week. Just, <laughs> yes, it is. Play well. I don't think that Joe Burrow is going to be able to really look downfield. So I don't see any big plays coming from any of their receivers right now. And uh, and AJ Green has slowly been sneaking back into the offense. They have T. Higgins, who's been playing great, and he's been a big red zone target. I think that that could take away from maybe some of the red zone opportunities if the Bengals get even more than two or three, I think, or maybe three or four. But I just don't think that things are lining up right now for this game to be any sort of good for the Bengals. I think that most of their offense is going to struggle. If you have if you have close enough options, I'm definitely willing to sit both of these. You guys. would rather start Cam against Baltimore than Burrow against the Steelers. Oh gosh, that's a really bad decision to have to make, Calvin. <laughs> Stop! It's not funny. Let me look at who's on our waiver wire. I need to give you some advice. Wait, last chance. I could actually I could make a credits drop after the show if you want. Calvin, you could go with. Teddy Bridgewater facing Tampa Bay. They really struggled last week. Ooh la la. No, Tampa Bay hasn't been bad against the pass. Or you could go with Philip Rivers. Ooh la la. <laughs> okay, that's, that's a good note to start the credits. I think Calvin. <laughs> these are such good. No, here, here's who's on the waiver wire. Look at these Calvin, exciting quarterbacks. Calvin, Teddy Bridgewater. Daniel Jones. Wait, no, no. Here's, here. Let's order them by projection. Alex Smith. Nick Foles, Daniel Jones, Teddy Bridgewater, Nick Mullins, Philip Rivers, Jake Lutton, Kirk Cousins, Jalen Hurts, Geno Smith, Tim Boyle, AJ McCarron, Matt Barkley, Tyrod Taylor, Mike Glennon, Case Keenum, Blaine Gabbert, Brett Ripien, Mason Rudolph, Mitchell Trubisky, who's doubtful for this week. <laughs> um, Chase Daniel, wait, John Wolford. I don't know who that is. Colt McCoy. Or no, no, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Colt McCoy, Chris Streveler, don't know who that is. Ryan Finley, Mariota, Bethard, Haskins, Brissett. Okay, ready for credits? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I knew all, who all like of those were, by the way, you? except for the two. Can you lead me in like I always do to you? All right, roll the credits. There we go. Uh, oh, goodness. <laughs> this is gonna be a struggle guys here we go uh if you want to email us you can email us at secondingoalfantasy at gmail.com we'd like to see all your questions and we will definitely consider mentioning them on the show if we like them i mean pretty much if they're appropriate and they're about fantasy we'll probably put them on the show uh as you can see by the variety of co- of questions that have been on the beginnings of our shows we're we're really looking for them so well no we've had good questions stop 
Chris, this is <laughs> you basically were like, if you have any questions, email us at secondandgoldfantasy@gmail.com. We are really struggling with topics for this podcast, and if you have any sort of question at all, if it's remotely about fantasy, we'll probably include it because it's probably better than what we already have. No, Captain, you can follow us on Twitter. <laughs> we've never had a question through email. Oh, that's actually true. I've had a question on Twitter. I actually got DM'd a couple days ago. Well, aren't you special, Calvin? Oh, <laughs> uh, let's have uh, over 340 I Twitter know, followers. Guys. You can check it out. It's on Sportscaster. Uh, Wait, we missed that. I missed that. It's called Second Angle Sports Talk. Just search up Sportscaster, go to the website, and then just search up Second Angle Sports Talk. Sportscaster oh, without an E. <laughs> like, yeah, trying to yeah, speak without an E. This. As Calvin would say, S P O R T S C A S T R. Let me repeat that. Uh, also, S P O R T C S C A S T R. S P O R T C S C A S T D. And now, guys, I'm going to repeat it backwards just in case you like to listen to the shows backwards. Uh, R. I don't know how to backwards. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that's. Here, actually, I could do it. R T S A C. Wait. Uh, make no. sure to share the podcast, guys, on your social medias. You can also follow our social medias. They are Ooh. at. Uh, Calvin SGF at Chris SGF. Chris underscore SGF at Calvin oh. underscore SGF. Yeah, same thing. No, the underscore. Calvin then, SGF isn't available. And then at for SGF, someone who's Calvin's girlfriend, actually. At SGF Pod. <laughs> and then uh at at uh Calvin SG SGF. Sports Talk if you want to go to our sports talk and make sure to follow all those so that you guys can get live updates about different news and we like to give, especially on our personal accounts, we like to give different little predictions and little tidbits of fantasy news. And we like to answer questions. You can send us questions for the show on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I feel like I'm forgetting a lot of things, but I can't think of any of them. Email our live show at secondandgoalsportstalk at gmail.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should do that. Oh, yeah, you should rate Sites not Google. Oh, yeah, you have to read the site now. Yeah, yeah, you should rate and review us uh, definitely on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you listen to. We're on basically every single platform. I think we're starting to head into some. We're not on Pandora. Some of the smaller ones. If you guys have any <laughs> friends, friends in France that are really interested in American fantasy football, they can well, do that's, them. That's but, a uh, thing. You can tell them about Deezer because, or tell us to put yeah. it on Deezer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell tell us those things in our email, and then uh, yeah, you guys can visit our website to see our rankings, news, articles, whatever you need. I mean, that was all preseason there. stuff, but yes, basically everything you need to. Do well in your fantasy season. And what's the website URL? Sites.google.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy. Let's go! You stumbled and through the credits with only five or six errors. Woo! What a host I am. All right, wait, should I should I change myself into the deep? Actually, no, I don't have time for that. Never mind. <laughs> I'm too lazy in editing. I don't want to edit the deep voice. <laughs> so. All right, well, okay. is, that, is that it? Mm-hmm. It feels so. I don't want to end it now. It feels like I'm still missing. I still need to do something. Yeah, I know. Well, I guess since I'm the host, I'll end it off. Thank you guys. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>